0: Special episode
1: of Ignite Radio Live. Over the five mighty stations of Annunciation Radio. You are with Greg and Stephanie Schleeder, and we are delighted to be with you tonight.
0: We welcome you on this special evening where we're looking to, shall we say, Transfiguration Sunday. We love the Transfiguration story, don't we? Because from the ordinariness, from, if you will, the humanity of Christ, who was whose divinity was really kind of disguised in a lot of ways, even though it's a Nazareth question, who is this? Is he not the son of the carpenter? Do we not know him? It's a special moment where Jesus transfigures, his glory is made known to the three disciples who are up with him on the mountain. And uh, we like it because we're yearning for that revelation, aren't we? And uh, if you're like me, maybe even we're saying, God, you can do this. You know, why not do that to the whole world right now? Why not manifest that tremendous glory to the nations in all of your power so that we can all know you? And I'll just say, I don't have an answer why he doesn't. Um, I pray that he does. Uh, I know it's a human way of thinking um, because clearly he hasn't done that. He obviously wants to manifest himself in something maybe even in a sense more powerful, his glory through us. His glory through the ordinary ways is maybe one way of understanding it. But do we not yearn for the full face, the full glory of God? And before we go further uh, tonight, we are going to invite you to think about your Tabor moment. And I encourage you out there, if, if you have a Tabor moment, to call in and share with us what was your Tabor moment and what difference has it made in your life? Was it a Chirp? Was it a Crescia? Was it a Tech? Was it an Ignite? Uh, Lately, if you're like me, you've had many Tabor moments. And likely, if you're like me, you've struggled with uh, transitioning from that great moment of encounter into uh, that grace being alive in your marriage and in your home in the world around us. You've yearned for it to be seen around us. And you felt, let's be honest, imperfection of making it happen, of wanting it to happen. And maybe even frustration with God, God, why can't you make this thing happen? But think about your Tabor moment. I want you to call in and share with us tonight to give witness, to give testimony to the Tabor moment in your life and what difference it's made. So before I proclaim the gospel here, followed by a few commercials, the number 877-275-8098. 877-275-8098. Call and share with us again. What was your Tabor Tabor moment in your life and what difference has it made? So turn with me now. If you go to massimpact.us, we have the readings. The app is pretty awesome, massimpact.us forward slash app. It's got great readings and the radio podcast right there in one place. And uh, it's a place where you can be united with coworkers, with men, with women in our homes in a special way to talk and pray with our family once a week. It is a difference maker. Can't say that strongly enough to open the door for God's grace to flood us. Beyond Mass, to allow that grace of Mass to flood our lives. So go to there, massimpact.us. You can see the gathering guide. And I'm looking to this coming Sunday's readings from the Gospel of Matthew, the 17th chapter. Jesus took Peter, James, and his brother John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun and his clothes became white as light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, conversing with him. Then Peter said to Jesus in reply, Lord, is it not good that that we're here? If you wish, I'll make three tents here. One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud cast a shadow over them. Then the cloud came a voice that said, This is my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell prostrate and were very much afraid. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise and do not be afraid. And when the disciples raised their eyes, they saw no one else but Jesus alone. As they were coming down from the mountain, Jesus charged them, Do not tell the vision to anyone until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord.
1: Praise to you, O Lord Lord Jesus Jesus Christ.
0: Christ. So we got a few commercials before we uh, turn to reflecting upon this. Maybe Stephanie and I and John Paul at the soundboard tonight, maybe uh, you have a moment you could share, again, of a, of a Tabor experience, of a mountain experience that has made a difference and maybe willing to share what difference it's made. And again, we're inviting you to call in tonight, dear listeners, 877
1: We've been told when different shows ask for call-ins that as people scramble to write it down, it's said too fast or not often enough.
0: And you're more endearing than me anyways. They'll respond to your appeal.
1: 877-275-8098. So the little mini commercial is we are approaching go time for the awesome... Annual Family Emmaus. So we're very excited. August 12th, Holy Trinity Parish in Assumption slash Swanton. I never know quite what to say because we'll I see with it listed. go Assumption because it's a holy kind of a you
0: know, term. Yeah, and and the 15th the is the Assumption. Feast,
1: absolutely. So the day begins around noon and... Um, Lots of fun music and games and festivity leading into the heart of the Mass. So we are blessed to have a number of area pastors um, who will be there Monsignor Billion, Father Hertzfeld, Father Dan Duran, Father Kidd, Father Rector, Father Jeff Macbeth. Um, And they will, they're each taking a piece, a part of the Mass, and really helping us to encounter Christ in a way and encourage us that during that piece of the Mass or part of the Mass, for us to encounter it in a way that it's going to come alive more for us, extending into our daily life. So then we're going to have breakout sessions and um, for all different age groups and dinner, and then uh, culminating with an awesome outdoor night at which uh, the sacraments of... Um, Penance will be available, so lots of priests to hear confessions.
0: Where can people go to sign up for this free event, Stephanie?
1: This good thing that you asked. Actually, our website, which is quite awesome, massimpact.us forward slash M-A-S-E-M-M-A-U-S. Um, so yeah, the registration is there. It is a free event. We certainly encourage any donation if you are able and willing, but don't let that stop you. Spread the word Spread the word, spread the word, especially in your own parishes. The more parishioners mm. that we can get coming together, the greater the effect for that parish to and come alive as you and your marriage and your family,
0: which of us don't want others who give great witness and encouraging us, who've heard common words to say, hey, how you doing with that, and being an inspiration to us. And it's exciting for us also that really this is the heart of the community. We've made a, deci- a, a decision this year that we're not bringing in quote-unquote superstars, but that's an asterisk because I think all who are presenting are superstars. They uh, are passionate and they're gifted at communicating, gifted at leading. And um, so my point is that from the heart of our community, we're about living it out in an ordinary way. We're already about, you know, if you will, yes, a Tabor experience. It will be There will be heights. There will be a mountain. But the beauty is that we'll be, if you will, transitioning from that mountain together as a community, all the more, desiring to live it out. So, many people uh, on this team, married couples, individuals, if you want to help us, you know, contact us and let us know. Just say, hey, I'd really like to help. I'd like to volunteer. Um, send me an email alive at massimpact.us alive at massimpact.us but just very exciting to have multiple people from this region from multiple parishes united and trying to make this possible
1: so again august twelfth go register now tell your friends tell your family let's rock it out you guys
0: rock it out rock nice rock out so amen
1: amen commercial
0: number two and I kind of said it before but uh Get the app. You got If you have a device, which most of us do these days, it's a great way not simply to baptize it, but to have a great occasion of encounter with God that you share with many people. Um, so massimpact.us forward slash app for either Apple phones or Droid phones, um, and it, it gives you direct access to streaming the podcast last week. We had a phenomenal... Uh, interview with uh, author Bob Schutz, the book Be Healed. You can hear him talk about just some great insights from that book. And by the way, uh, we're excited September 14th to the 16th to invite you to be on retreat with us and him to equip us all the more to be missionary Disciples. So if you're interested in that again, Mass Impact, uh, Greg you can even send Greg, Jerry G at MassImpact.us and then the week week before that, you know, we're dealing with a lot of people in this community who have addictions who have attachments and you we had two great experts, really, who shared with us some insights into how really addiction and attachment are kind of a artificial replacement of that God-shaped hole of uh, privation of God being filled in our lives. So again, these just two examples of many great programs, podcasts that you can access on demand, streaming all the time. If you're in the car, if you're going for a walk, if you're whatever you're doing, easy to uh, to access this. Um, the videos this week, of course, we've got the Live It video. It's one of our classics, Joseph and john paul kind of uh sharing a true story if you will uh connecting it to mount tabor so you can find that at MassImpact.us. probably eight or nine thousand views on that um very well received very moving you know bring your family together and watch that um i I was very moved quite frankly a few years ago when they actually did this because it really was a prayer it emerged from prayer in their vision of "Hmm, what if this was us you know what if this was really happening and I think God really profoundly you take you check it out yourself and tell me what you think um, but I thought it was a very uh, moving moment of God uh, inspiring them of what it would be like if Jesus was with us and truly invited us up on the mountain and this happened so the reading transfiguration Steph I'm just going to start there and before I do again throw the number out to our listeners now's the time you can call and share your Tabor moment you know and share with us how it's what difference it's made in your life what's a tabor moment in your life and how has it blessed you and that number is
1: 8772758098 8772758098
0: so beautiful wife Tabor experiences in our home, and literally in our home, it seems like we're constantly experiencing Tabor moments. Whether it be guests or monthly Catholic family gatherings, ignites, we've been to literally hundreds of ignites before Mm. Jesus in the burning bush. We've been uh, praying with fire conferences. Prior to that, you know, net teams have been in our house. We've been praising and worshiping. We've had moments of praying over people in our home who have terminal disease and and seeing tremendous grace and blessing. Uh, You know, I would just make the note that for us, it's kind of a challenge not to be on the mountain a lot because supernatural seems to be happening. We may run the risk of casting pearls before swine, not acknowledging the tremendous grace that it seems to be constantly flowing just by opening that door. But as we um, proclaim this gospel, what struck you?
1: So you're asking me for my Tabor moment? I am. Well, you just named a number. Um, As you said, we are so blessed where the Lord has called us just to experience such an outpouring of grace. That is just amazing, no pun intended, amazing grace. But um, when you first asked the question at the beginning of the show, my mind went to a very different place, which is going to sound really odd. Um, But what came to my mind first as such a powerful experience was actually when my father passed away. Oh, (laughs) sorry. Greg just motioned that I took
0: his. Of all of the many, but share that, and then I will augment it with my thoughts, and it's odd that my heart went there also, but maybe a validation. Go ahead. Yes,
1: so Michael Wagner, God rest his soul, was my dad's name, Um, Erie, Pennsylvania. Many of you know the story of um, my circumstances growing up, so my father and mother were blessed with uh, 13, 13 children, um, 12 living, and uh, when my mother was pregnant with baby number 13, as a 39-year-old going to the March for Life, she died very peacefully in her sleep on the way to the March, Um, and that baby was seven months along, and so my dad was sitting next to her, and just the whole everything cross, which is unimaginable in my mind to lose the love of his life and his newborn son or preborn son and to come back to raise 12 children mm-hmm. ra- ranging in age at that time from 17 to 3 and i was 5 at the time so my dad was an incredible man of faith and um and beyond just mm-hmm. very simple you know talk about the extraordinary and the ordinary and the witness he gave to God's faithfulness, mm-hmm. and you may not always understand or like, but you know that God is in it, and He is good and a faithful God
0: one bathroom three right very simple small house, very very simple life, didn't and um, make much
1: right so um Gosh, there's so we should do an episode on my father's. We really should, and invite my your family to call in and argue in. <laughs> over how it really played out, 12 That's different right, versions. the true story. That'd be a great trial. Um, but anyway, so just to jump ahead to the last um, days of his life, he uh, passed away when he was 72 years old, so you and I had been married just a little over a year, our Anne Marie was a couple months old, and... Um, Just a very beautiful. He had been on dialysis. We had really been his primary caregivers, and uh, the last three days he was surrounded um, with family. And um, gosh, I feel like I'm. I don't even know how to express the great goodness and grace of those days. The Tabor experience. Mm -hmm. So first of all, being all together. It's tragedy
0: in a sense. It's real sadness.
1: it's beautiful. A sibling who was experiencing a very difficult time and had a very hard time getting to my father's bedside, if you will, in his dying moments. From across the country. Right. So made it in time. And um, just the, the people that God sent into our home... During those times, um, you know the—I the, want to say—the perfect priest, because I think our priests are pretty perfect. But for that moment, that we were so blessed with so many priests who came and went and stayed, and you know, from um, someone showing up right as he took his last breath to as we gathered in the backyard as a family. Um, when the funeral home people came to take his body and whatnot, another dear friend priest came and mm-hmm. prayed with us, and so just so many, many different moments like that. But um, I don't know if you want to chime in, but just this certainly it was such a great sadness and the suffering that he was enduring. Um, the
0: richness of history gathered together, family joy. and sharing stories, and the, and the grandkids surrounding him and funny stories, right? Of of things that he said in his sort of delirium that mm-hmm. that brought us together and uh, an underlying sense of we share a common history and there's more to this life. Uh, and we're in the midst of really if you will, the Father, one by whom, through whom all of these people existed,
1: and just the you know the the prayers that he would express, you know, Jesus, Mary and Joseph, I give you my heart mm. and my soul, even amidst you know some tremendous suffering in those moments in the great grace of you know keeping his lips moist as mm. you know he was not able to take any drink or nourishment um and to watch my brothers you know just. Wait upon him and wait next to him and hold his hand, Mm -hmm. and you know, my different sisters in law, and um, just really, really quite grace filled and amazing.
0: So the difference in my life among many that it made, obviously in an epic way, my wife, in a context of having moved to the city um, out of seminary, I was at Mount St. Mary's in Emmitsburg, and so Stephanie and I were leading uh, an evangelization net-like movement. And uh, her home, where she lived with her dad, she was the only one at home. Maybe Keith was there for some of that time before he got married. Um, A couple
1: brothers.
0: A couple brothers. So anyways, it was the place where our friendship... um, You know, if you will, was nurtured and enriched. And I remember being up late with him for Thanksgiving and Christmas and those sorts of things. Uh, But I will say that the theme to me was in spite of the challenge of raising those 12 kids by himself, putting every single one through Catholic schools not making a dime over 25,000 a year when everybody else said to break the kids up split them up and make it accessible the the difference it made in my life was the testimony that what god calls us to he will provide for. What God calls us to, he will provide for. Stephanie and I have shared that with people from the very beginning of our ministry days and together. Whatever you're facing, I haven't faced challenges of that epic nature. Uh, Certainly there are many books we could read about, Immaculate and others who face tremendous things. But here was a real life, if you will, saint uh, to me who gave witness of God's abiding goodness, in, in, in trusting in what he calls us to, he provides for. So maybe some of you tonight, I extend that to you. If you're struggling in your marriage, if you're struggling with um, the weight of financial burdens, he faced that. If you're struggling with the weight of children who are wayward or struggling in whatever ways, you know, he faced that. Um, the whole realm of things he faced and is persevering through that, you know, again, what God calls us to, he will provide for.
1: And, and just a little side note Um, as Catholics, we are blessed with the gift of a a great belief and devotion to and great love of our lady. And especially as we pray the rosary, um, hopefully daily, but any Hail Mary, you know, the line, you know, now and at the hour of our death, Mm. amen. Um, I believe with all of my heart and I've experienced it firsthand more than once that in thinking about my dad's passing, Our lady, our mother, our dear, beautiful mother is present with us. And um, I think that was another really um, incredible moment when he was dying, Mm -hmm. that it was so evident that she was there and that, um, you know, just comforting, welcoming just present as only a mom can be. And so Catholics or listeners, <laughs> Catholics, non-Catholics, Mary's our mother, regardless. But just to take courage in those words. Like, even if we rattle them off sometimes and say them mm-hmm. instead of just praying them, she still responds as a mother. And she is right there to escort us to, mm-hmm. you know, keep the devil away in those moments. And, um there's just something so powerful about that. So when when those words are being, you know, voiced, know that they have great power mm-hmm. and meaning behind them.
0: And those who aren't Catholic, just be mindful of God's plan for Mary. He could have chosen to save the world any way he wanted, right? He's sovereign. He's om- omnipotent. He's he's he can do what he wants, but he chose to make himself present through this earth through a woman and through a woman's yes. He, he got to choose his mom. And in Genesis 3.15, all of this is foreshadowed in the fall, right after the fall. Uh, the woman crushes the head of the serpent and uh, we Catholics and from the earliest days of our church understood that as a foreshadowing of our blessed mother and the first public miracle inaugurated by our blessed mother at the wedding feast of Canaan. Her words really are the words of the disciple that we're all called to be as disciples, which is what do whatever he tells you. That's our understanding of Mary, that she's a means that God chose by which he came into this world that um, as a disciple, she points us in the direction of Jesus. He is the one in and through whom all grace uh, flows, but he chooses her in a special way to be a means of of grace to us today. And that's a beauty of the body of the church, right? I mean, I could just pray to God by myself. But don't you go to somebody who you know is holy or close to God, who has a relationship with God, and ask them to pray for you? Of course you do. Now, I could say to you, well, why do you do that? You can just pray on your own. No, you ask people to pray for you. Or even more, you'll say, well, can I pray for you? Again, um, that's the concept of the body of Christ, of a communion of saints that we are bound up with. And Jesus, he did it, right? He conquered sin and death. He rose from the dead. And to the thief on the cross, he says, today you'll be with me in paradise. Mary is in heaven forever with God. She is uh, able to intercede for us at the throne of heaven. And so all of this is very biblical. It's very historical. It's very logical. And it's all about us being united As one body that uh, is present uh, makes Christ present. So seek the intercession of our Blessed Mother. Just a little bit of a theological aside. So again, I invite you all to share with us tonight. What's a Tabor experience in your life? And if you're feeling right now, you know, nervous, like you have something in your mind, you have something in your heart, but you're not quite sure. And uh, hey, that calling in on the phone thing, I don't know. You're the exact person we need to call in um, why did reality TV proliferate? Because people are tired of being snowed. They're tired of ever-so-scripted, um, you know, world around them. They want real. So the ums and the ahs and the uncertainties is beautiful. What, what are you more drawn to? You're drawn to people who are real in your life. So if you're nervous, if you feel a little awkward, awesome. 877-275-8098. Somebody wants to be blessed by the way you've been blessed. So be a blesser, 877-275-8098. And again, we're asking the question, what's a a Tabor moment in your life and what difference has it made?
1: Um, If you go to our website, massimpact.us, as Greg mentioned before, you will see the the readings listed with questions. And so um, they're a great way to get a discussion going, whether it's with your spouse, a friend, your kids, as you're preparing, and we encourage you all, us all, to prepare for Mass prior mm-hmm. to just hearing those readings, you know, just cold at Mass mm-hmm. on Saturday night or Sunday. Um, it just it really makes a difference, and I think it flushes out, you know, certainly prior to, but then as the week goes on. So, John Paul, we're going to put you on the spot Dun 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 dun. How are you, JPK dog? So good. So good. Do you want to share a Tabor moment with us?
0: And the difference it's made. Um. Wow. Before your brother calls in.
2: <laughs> uh. Let's see. Tabor moment. Um. First year at CYSC. Um. Two, three years ago. Two years ago. How it's many all years, good. Ago is years. Right? years ago it? Three years. We're with you, buddy. Three years ago. See Yeah, just one of the uh, first times I've really had, like, a very powerful encounter. Pause. We're going
1: to pause awesome, you because you have to answer, answer the, the phone. phone. Exactly. And it may interface the soundboard man. So our son
0: Joseph is, uh, we believe this is him, and calling in. It is the final week of his service as a missionary at Catholic Youth Summer Camp. We've been talking about this. It's at the center of the state, Centerburg, and uh, of course, we're delighted to be in partnership with the good people, Dan Demite and Aaron Richards, and an awesome staff that uh, seeks first and foremost to live discipleship in their friendships, in their marriages, in their families, and to make this accessible through a powerful week-long experience for grade school kids and high school youth, and uh, now they have their own camp, and it's pretty awesome, the stories that we have been blessed to hear from Joseph, who has been both a counselor at times and also a music leader, so even St. Gabriel Radio, which on uh, the final day, typically Fridays, always Fridays, are the Mass, and uh, it's been kind of neat to hear when he's been in the worship team and leading and uh, to hear him over the St. Gabriel Radio. So anyways, is this Joseph? How you doing, Joseph? Joseph?
3: So, so good. God is rocking it here. How are you guys?
1: Good. Awesome. Good to hear your voice. You ready to come welcome, home? Welcome to Ignite Radio Live, Joseph. What Indeed. do you got Thank
3: for us? Thank you. I've never... You know, one of the funniest things, so I've tried to call... For all of you who don't know, my parents have kind of abandoned me over the past two weeks. Because wow. I've, they've been like wanting me to call in every week, and I've called in the last two, yes. and I haven't been able to go on. But I was proud of myself because... I didn't have to look up the number, it's been so ingrained in my memory that I could just <laughs> dial it up. Eight seven seven two seven five eight zero nine eight. Yes. Add it down. And I was like I was like, yes.
0: Excellent. As Deacon Mike there.
1: would be proud.
0: So, Joseph, I know you only oh, have a life. little time, but tell us what you've been doing and maybe what stands out. We, we contextualize tonight with the the Tabor reading of the Gospel of what's been a Tabor moment in your life and how has it made a difference. So focus us maybe in your past, whatever, 8, nine, ten weeks. What are you doing there? What's been maybe Tabor moments in general, and what difference do you see it making?
3: Yeah. So I this was not... Um, it's funny how God works in unexpected ways because this was, as both of you guys know, this was not something that was expected, me being here. something that I found out probably a week and a half before camp started. I got um, an invitation to join as uh, a counselor on the staff, um, and so I was very blessed for that opportunity, blessed to be able to make it. Um, came here and had a week of training, which was just incredible. The whole training week was, was a Mount Tabor moment for real. Um, the... Just the spirit alive, and the ways that we were able to grow in a spirit relationship and grow with the spirit and see what a dynamic relationship with the Holy Trinity looks like mm-hmm. within a community, within um, personal relationships, everything. Everything was just so rooted in the spirit and bringing heaven down to earth. And that was just something that was very much captured. Clearly, in the first in the first week, when um, and it created the whole community it, that that's powered the rest of the eight months. Just that training week, I um, mean, continuing to grow. We're not done. It wasn't just training week and then done. Every week is a new journey, and we're learning and we're processing and we're growing. And it was interesting. One of our missionaries who's here, who had to come a week or two late because he um, he was actually leaving. He discerned out of an order that he had been a part of, mm-hmm. and he's going to be here full time. He came into camp. And the first thing he posted on Facebook he said update from Damascus which is what their, their their mission site is called, he says, Update from Damascus. I've just walked into the book of Acts. Mm. And that's that's been what it's like completely. It's like when you when you come to a place where every staff member is just striving for the Holy Spirit and for him to be made known and present in each other's lives. When you are at a place where healings are regular, where people are being healed and both spiritually and physically, like yeah, we see spiritual healings every day, and we see physical healings every day, people are healed of all sorts of different things we We have a community of encouragement and prophetic words coming over each other, every single staff meeting we have uh, we're praying into the needs of the campers we're praying all right what what is this night going to look like? What are these campers going to need tonight? Uh, what is going to be what are the defining moments going to be um, what and then at the end, we close the intercession like what what are the campers like what what can we pray for them for it's total hundred percent spirit led so um, the whole the whole experience has really been a mount table moment in the sense of um, every night is just like a new adventure every night is different every night the spirit moves in new ways and he breathes in new ways and you never know what to expect because our God is a god who is always making things new and so that's just been such a powerful experience to witness that night after night after night and and everything not just at the, at the um, The power nights with adoration and stuff, but even in simple moments during club or during um, activities, all sorts of different, I mean, the whole experience is just such a powerhouse moment. So that's been such a blessing.
0: Awesome. So uh, I want to quote for you uh, wisdom from a very wise former uh, counselor, if you will, there in campus and get your commentary on it. Anne Marie Schleder last year uh, said that, you know, there are all these uh, high adventure activities. And she made the, the observation that the greatest fear of these kids was not falling or jet skiing or whatever damage may be done there. The greatest fear is having to go home into an environment where what they encountered as good and true and alive was not nurtured. Now, we know that these kids after a week, you know, it's not exactly CYSC, but is there not kind of a danger of maybe overly dismissing that a vital faith environment is possible in a marriage and a home? And what encouragement might you have? So on two levels, one, I'm asking you, you know, um, is that true? in your experience, that there is a fear that they're not going home to it. Number two, help us understand, and maybe those who are listening, you know, how might they foster that kind of vibrant environment?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So it's been interesting because I've been able to have multiple views and multiple perspectives, because um, I came in as a counselor and I was there for a while and then I was moved to program staff who helps run activities and such. And, um, this some dramas, and then I've been helping with worship as well. And so I have a lot of different views on that thing. But even just coming from both a counselor who's leading small groups every night, and then a prayer lab leader who's leading um, meditations and scriptures and stuff, when you talk to these kids about um, what they want to bring back or what what they how they experience or whatever their experience may be, almost every time you hear the kids talk about wanting to bring it home, you talk mm-hmm. about this isn't the way it's like in my home or in my um in my parish and I want and I want um prayers for that. And so we have Thursday night every night we have um every Thursday night we do praying over each other. We have this awesome opportunity where we get to be in front of the Blessed Sacrament and lift up each small group. Each small group will pray over each other. And it's so powerful. And what ends up happening is you get all these kids and you say, Hey what do you want to ask God for? Like what, what prayers do you want to ask God for? And all these kids—they talk about. I want to bring this home.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I
3: want to bring this. Prayers that I can live this out in my family. That I won't grow. I won't grow weird. Because I think there's this sobering reality that these kids know it's going to be a struggle. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think there's any false hopes or assumptions that they're just going to go home and everything's going to be perfect. They know that it's going to be tough and it's going to be something that they're going to have to strive for. And they're praying for it. That. That's what they want prayers for. And it's so beautiful to see that. Like that these kids know there's going to be a struggle. They know something needs to change, and they want to be the ones to change it. Mm. Um, but it is, it, is such a, it is such a tough thing because there is, that, there is that fear. There is that they know that it's going to be a struggle again.
0: So and, um, I was going to say, yeah, um, how much time do you have, by the way, just so we can gauge it?
3: Um, I guess we'll kind of, we'll, we'll see. Probably, I probably have 10, 15 more minutes.
0: Okay, good. All right, keep going.
3: Um, yeah, so I think when you know one of the things I was I was saying about this earlier, and it's like putting, God was really putting on my heart, if we have a week with these kids. Um, that's not honestly a long time. Like to have a week with kids mm-hmm. and expect them to go. From zero to ten, because mm-hmm. we're we're not we're not we don't want like a zero to three or zero to five. We want like all in, and we know that that's what God wants, and so we're availing ourselves to it. Like these kids, we're not just you know God. God finishes what He starts, and if we if He's going to do a little bit, we know that He wants to do a lot, and mm-hmm. so um, it's crazy though. Like working on God's timeline, because a week isn't again a long time for anything anything major to happen, um, but it does week after week after week. Every kid will come in, and there will be life-changing encounters with God, and lives radically change. And this isn't just in high schoolers. This is in middle schoolers, too. Like, no one's too young or no one's too old to have a life-changing encounter with Jesus. It's something that happens daily here, and it doesn't have to take years and years and years of time, it can happen in a week. And I think that's one of the things that parents miss out on. Mm-hmm. They're with their kids, or should be in some capacity, maybe this is part of the problem, but they're with their kids, I mean, day after day after day for however many years, and yeah, sometimes they are not present and kids have school and kids have all sorts of different things, but if parents were able to create the same culture that um, is created, and this is just, it's not even something that you need training for, it's just living in the spirit and being open to him and seeking out the wisdom and knowledge and seeking out mentors and however it may be. If parents were so open to that spirit and open to just creating that culture, then kids could be changed in a week. Mm-hmm. And it'll be, it wouldn't just be wow. something that ended after a week. It would be a continual process week after week where not just kids are growing, or parents are just growing, but the whole family is growing as one unit every week, every day more and more, and like that's how, like you want to see the world on fire, that's, that's where it starts when you see your family, because again, we get individuals here, mm-hmm. we get individuals to go back, and we hear awesome stories about how they're going and changing their families, but we also, there's such, I think anyone can attest to this, so you know, families on mission is something that isn't seen. You don't see families on mission, you see a lot of times families who are good families and who are solid people and awesome to be around, they know their catechism and they know their faith, and they know, they know what's up, but... There's no sense of mission in it. It's, it's it's a cultural thing. It's culturally Catholic. It's people who um, they'll go to mass and they'll do all these sorts of things that are great and very vital. But but you see them living out the mission that Jesus proclaims to uh, free the captives, to heal the sick, mm. to uh, bring his kingdom to the ends of the earth. You see families on mission in that way. Um, I, I I think that's something that's very much lacking. We don't mm. see that very often. And that's something we need more of. And when you have a family that can all unite together and grow in a spirit, it doesn't even have to have a big a big moment. Like, CYC is awesome and it's incredible. Mm. Like what's happening here is life-changing. But you don't need – you can't just say, oh, well, we haven't had that experience, so we can't do it. Mm. Everyone is capable of doing this. Everyone is capable of raising up leaders and being those leaders. It just takes – making steps, and you're going to you're gonna fall down sometimes, you're going to mess up, but you're just striving after God with a hungry heart, and He's going to do crazy things.
0: So, Joseph, thank you for your heart on fire and sharing truth with us and giving us a picture um, at least of what God desires. Uh, now, many are listening right now, as you might imagine. They've been on a chirp or a crisio or attack. Their lives, uh, they've had a Tabor experience, um, but as they left Tabor, they didn't quite know how to bring that back, to their homes. And I know what you're saying, and I agree. It's not a technique. It's not a checklist. It's anything but that. It is a certain life in the Spirit. But I would say, you know, what stands in the way? What stands in the way are maybe they've been locked into the busyness of life. They've been locked into, if you will, a rhythm that maybe where games or devices or media have taken the place of even just opening the door uh, to God's yeah. grace. And, uh, and maybe to some extent, you know, you would know this with the Lit Group kids you know, maybe I'm just going to throw this out there and see see what you do with it. But wouldn't say, think of your lit group kids. Some of them have been on CYC. Maybe they'd be a little freaked out if mom and dad said, hey, let's gather, guys. Let's just keep it real. Let's just talk and pray. Maybe let's just begin by, you know, going around and sharing, you know, stuff that we're struggling with. And uh, just be really honest. And, hey, I'm the dad. I'm going to do it first. Like, maybe the kids are fearful and the parents pick up on, gosh, if I do that, you know, awkward. <laughs> So how might yeah. you advise parents to maybe just take a step and open the door to that grace to begin to flow?
3: Yeah, that's a great question. I think one of the God's spoken so much to me this this past summer, one of the things there's a lot of talk about harvest and um and seeds and planting and um a word that he's spoken was, um, God can't make a harvest out of the seeds that we're holding on to.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And I think every awesome. parent wants to see their child flourish. Every parent wants to, wants to see their ch- children succeed. Um, every parent wants to see their, their kids just grow and be alive and have the best life possible. That's the harvest that God wants to bring to. That's not just something parents want. That's what God wants. That's the heart of the Father. But that's not going to happen if we're still holding on to seeds. God can't bring a harvest. He can't bring new life. He can't bring abundance. He can't bring success out of the seeds that we are still holding in our hands. And so, for
0: parents, love that phrase. I
3: think. When you can when you can drop the seeds, when you can plant every seed that's in place in your hand, even if you don't feel that's in place there, a lot of times um, are we feel like we're lacking, um, or we feel like we're struggling because we haven't been given the tools we need, but most of the time we're struggling because we're not using the tools that God's already given us. Mm. And I think when we can, when we can just grow it and, and claim those gifts, claim those tools, claim that, yeah, we're imperfect, but we're gonna we on this together. We're striving together, and when you just plant every seed that you can in your children, you know, you, you know, okay, yeah, it's gonna be uncomfortable, maybe. Jesus did a lot of things that um, that made other people dislike him or be uncomfortable with him, and that's the thing too. I think one another word that really got us put on my heart this this summer is that we um, is just to ask ourselves the question daily: How would Jesus be doing my job differently? Mm. You know, how would Jesus be doing my job differently in my family? How would Jesus be interacting with this person differently in the work? How would Jesus be doing this differently in every single situation we have? If Jesus was in my place, what would He be doing differently? And that means getting uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. That means making you know stretching yourself. That means being presence, being present to others. That is this mm-hmm. gift of presence that we have. Um, just like asking that question day to day, how would Jesus be doing my job differently, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and being open to seeing how He would do it, and then just to dive after it. Yeah, again, it, it maybe it is going to even for even for kids who have been into the, even for kids who are into their faith, it'd be I think they'd be uncomfortable maybe if a parent came across and like, hey, let's meet together because it's it's stretching the norms. But you know, when we encounter God, like we should be stretched. When Jesus rose from the dead, He was in a resurrected body, right, and so. No one recognized him. Mary Magdalene didn't recognize him at the garden uh, or at the tomb. Um, the disciples on the road to Emmaus didn't recognize him. When we are, like, raised when God makes a change in us, it's, it's a good thing if we're doing something differently. It's a good thing if people, like, maybe don't recognize a new us. So it's like a parent, if you are, if you're like, I don't know, like, my kids are going to think I'm weird and they're going to think it's different— Praise God. I mean, that's a sign that God is resurrecting you and bringing you from death into life. And so I think that's something to rejoice in. And it's like, you just got to claim the victory. Um, And we're working, we're not working for victory. We're working from victory. You know, we're not Mm -hmm. working like to try to, like, we're not working to try to gain victory. Victory has been given from us, and everything we do comes from that victory. And so we just need to, like, we just need to partner with it and grow with it.
1: Joseph, again, we know there's no formula, but for any parents listening after those just very spirit-filled words, what are some practical things that you might recommend to them?
3: Number one, kids are striving for authentic interaction. Hmm. They may not admit it. They may be against it initially, but kids are striving for authentic interaction because they're starved of it. Hmm. And so I think, I know when you have first off, you can't just do it out of the blue. Uh, I mean, you can, but (laughs) it can be much less effective if you're not trying to be present initially as a father or as a mother, if you're not affirming them and uplifting them and upbuilding them because then it's just going to come from a place of just like random, all right, let's just try this out, which Mm -hmm. is good. And I, I, I... I think you shouldn't wait you shouldn't wait till you have this amazing foundation because it's gonna to continue to grow and then you can put it off forever but I think you also right. in the midst of doing this you need to be striving to have personal relationships with your kids and making let them know you care because otherwise it's just gonna to be to them it's gonna seem like a program thing you're doing so number one cool. like let your kids know you care let them know that um, you're there for them and just have like have a build a relationship with your kids number two I think Schedule it. This is something we've been saying for for a long time. You just need to schedule it because if you don't schedule it, it's not going to be done. It doesn't even have to be. It doesn't have to start out like a big family, big family like affair sort of thing. You can do it in um, in ordinary moments. It can be, hey, what's what, what, what's going on in your life? What's something meaningful happening? What's a victory at It can be on a car ride or it can be around the dinner table, and grow it from there. I think what you know, there really isn't. There, again, there's not even a formula for it. It's just something you have to dive into and let the Holy Spirit guide. When I first started uh, on Lick mm-hmm. Group, I didn't really have a formula for it. It's grown. Where it's at now is almost unrecognizable from where it started out. But all it took, I just I knew I needed to take steps, and I just needed to dive in. Mm-hmm. And so everything you have is available for you. Um, we have things, again, on Mass Impact, if you need that, or you can do your own thing. Whatever it would be, our goal is just to get people to talk and to pray mm-hmm. together as families because that's how cultures are changed and we want change in our culture because it needs it bad people and so build relationships with your kids and continue to build them by just taking steps out by doing the, the live it gathering guide or by asking questions by being meaningful um, yeah I don't know if there anything else you, you want off of that
0: no, that's awesome. You know, we have the awesome uh, Carl Weisenberger with us came over today and we were talking movies and talking books and all kinds of stuff and of course they have a beautiful house out in the country and just conveying to some extent, you know, we have a culture that's addicted to technology, addicted to things that aren't going to fulfill us and...
3: I have like five minutes to ask, by uh, the way. All right, but
0: just, you know, the notion that that um, we need to slow down and get rid of the, the debris, if you will, and maybe even mm-hmm. as a starter yeah. there, like can we even get rid of this stuff for a moment? Like I was saying to him, I love just sitting on your front porch and looking out the f- at the field and seeing the sun rise and set. And I have to believe that a little bit of that is in everybody to slow down and appreciate beyond the immediate snap, 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 snap. And you experienced that. I'm sure that's a big part of the experience there at CYSC. Tell me, you know, just that alone, what it's like to remove them from, if you will, an yeah. environment where they're being constantly overstimulated.
3: Yeah. So for who doesn't know, CYSC does not allow any kids to bring technology with them they don't allow phones or video game systems or any of that so number one well and the kids survive so number one (laughs) it is possible for your children to go a week without video games and without their phones and without technology it happens week after week here um going off of that that's what it allows us to create a culture of encounter Mm. because when you have everyone on their phones and on their video games. Yeah, I'm not diminishing that good things can happen with us, but this this literally, it's, I wouldn't even say it forces because it doesn't look like we're forcing. It's in kids to want to encounter other kids. Mm. And I think we are forcing them not to by allowing for a culture of phones and gadgets and devices to be so strong. And so I think when you, when you can, when you can limit that and when you can allow kids to encounter each other more, it's going to be something that naturally comes because I think we're starving for authentic interaction again. I think people are starving for that, and they don't get it off of their phones and devices. And yeah, it's going to take some some adjusting because it's so different. Kids are so addicted to their technology, but when you're able to get them into an environment of encounter, then it can change everything. And kids are would much rather spend time and talk to each other and have meaningful conversations and interactions. And it forces you to just it forces us to go back to our inner creativity that we all have, like just to do random silly things and to have fun. It's just so beautiful because that brings so much of life and joy. So, I think that there's just so much so much waiting to happen when we can detach ourselves from what's been holding us so Joseph, captive for so long.
0: Before you cut out, I know you have very limited time. I want to just cue you up to lead us in a prayer for all parents and grandparents and youth who might be listening just to open that door. Uh, before you do, just thank you for uh, calling in. We're very proud of you. We love you. It, delighted as uh, parents in this community lifting up their kids who've been on CYSC. Of course, Sarah Noltner also there, another awesome family. And uh, uh, just awesome to see community on the move. So lead us in a prayer if you don't mind.
3: Yeah. In um, the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We just praise you come, Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you so much for all the great gifts you're pouring out. This is the time you are the horizon is coming up where you are about to bring your light into a new phase, into a new in a new way. And we just pray we all be open to that, open to your move, open to your revival. I pray right now for everyone listening mm-hmm. that they may be charged up for mission. That they would that we would stop just talking about revival and start doing revival. Mm-hmm. That we would you know just take steps and dive in. That we would stop trying to tow the water or go in with a life jacket or attached to a rope. But that we would just completely dive in with Jesus. No, no compromise. No, no um, excuses. But just all in for God. Lord, give us just a, you've given us the courage, we just claim it right now and and we take steps with you. We walk in your footsteps mm-hmm. we we ask for an outpouring of your holy Spirit upon all listening other they may just be emboldened to even right now begin to take steps to grow with their families, to grow with their children, with their spouses, with their parents, that they may learn the uh, the mission of family in a home mm-hmm. um we just thank you so much, Lord, for all that you were doing and all that you will do. And we ask that your grace fall upon us even more. Through Christ our Lord, we pray in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God bless
0: you, Joseph. Bring our love to everybody there, and we'll see you real soon. God bless. All right. Love you. Thanks, Joseph. Love you. So... Um, just you tuned in to Ignite Radio Live uh, with Greg and Stephanie Schleter. That was my son, our son, Joseph Schleter. He's 17 years old, going into his senior year uh, at our home. Very blessed. He and John Paul have been leading for over a year now a weekly, almost a weekly gathering called Live It, Lit Group, uh, that's included up to 30, 40, sometimes 50 young people on a weekly basis. We know it's essential. We know the kids are hungry through them. We know they want real, they want edgy, they want ideally parents and families are the primary content. Text, but we know kids, peers at their age can be powerful also. If you have uh, teenagers interested in that, um, email me, uh, Greg again at massimpact.us. I'll give you more information on those lit groups. But I just want to acknowledge also um, a tragic uh, circumstance that occurred this past Friday of a young man who. Um, We don't know the circumstances, but too young, 15 years old, died, and uh, has many in this community, um, I don't know, grieving. And uh, it happens too much unnecessarily. And we don't know the reasons. We don't know what what the exact causes were. Um, We know that uh, he was involved, a very faith-filled kid, faith-filled family, um, and a community rallying around him. In fact, even as we speak right now, uh, I believe that there's a service for him and a community that's wrapping their arms around him. But, you know, brothers and sisters out there, we all, whether you have kids under the roof right now or not, this community needs to be that kind of place that affirms God's presence alive in them, that makes sense out of their brokenness, that opens the door for them to connect with these questions that they have to create that uh, environment as joseph spoke of of authenticity so that's what we're all about here mass impact and just another commercial for the family emmaus honestly we just so much want not don't want what we're about to be this religiously pietistic go through the motions we want to keep it real I mean, we as parents want to keep it real. We want real. Real presence is, if you will, the term we give to Christ's presence. He wants to be real with us. He wants the reality of the stuff we're struggling and dealing with. He entered that reality and invites us into a relationship with himself. We want to explore that together, and we're so blessed with so many couples that are venturing, endeavoring to do this together. We're not doing this because we've arrived or because we're saints. We're impelled to do it because we're sinners without which we wouldn't need a Savior. I'll say that again. If we weren't sinners, we wouldn't need a Savior. That's the impetus. Being sinners and and being mindful of our brokenness and our imperfection moves us to seek God's grace together, to become saints together by His grace. So Family Emmaus is an occasion where you're going to experience, I think, a great community keeping it real, seeking it together with our struggles and our challenges. Check it out. Make a commitment now to join this group August 12th, Saturday. Family Emmaus, the grounds, campus of Holy Trinity Parish. Where do you go? Massimpact.us forward slash a massimpact.us Mass Impact US forward slash E-M-M-A-U-S, absolutely free. Of course, you could donate, and we certainly welcome that if you've been blessed. We're walking in faith here, folks. I mean, this is the continuation of our Tabor experience of uh, Michael Wagner, my father-in-law. We don't have the resources, but we're trusting in faith. We're going on our third year here, almost, of the radio program, just as long for a Live It guide. We're um, fully funded by the generosity of others who join us in this mission. We're all in for it, um, using all of our, whatever God has given us. Um, we want to live it, and we do it imperfectly, but we're blessed. Blessed to be able to do it with you, our beloved listeners, and those in this community. So
1: so just after hearing Joseph, who actually cut off John Paul, as he was describing a Tabor experience, I'm going to come back to him. And in light of that, um, John Paul, as Joseph said, it was an unexpected thing for him to go. And you two are 13 months apart 14 months apart, something like that. Yeah. So very close in age, have always been the best of friends as brothers. And so all of the sudden, not only is Joseph gone, but gone for the whole summer. And you experienced CYSC as a camper, if you will. And again, a very powerful experience which you shared a few weeks ago with us. So then you came back from that Tabor mm-hmm. experience kind of solo, entering into... Um, that world minus Joseph. Was that tough? Was it? Why don't you put some words on that for us?
2: Um, yeah. CYSC was incredible. It was great being with Joseph again, coming out of CYSC and without the type of very supporting community that you get at CYSC, plus, um, the addition of having my brother back for a week, um, and then entering into a pretty rough work week, um, and some different friendship stuff. It was just crazy, um, and I found myself losing a lot of the joy um, mm-hmm. from CYC and being very miserable and complaining. And both of you can attest to that. <laughs> and um, it was
0: beautiful though.
2: And it's yeah, so through prayer and such, I recognized that first of all, I wasn't being the man that God was calling me to be. And secondly, I recognized that th- my house was built on shifting sand, not mm. on solid rock. Mm. Dead, you know, whatever yep. verse that Matthew is, Matthew seven twenty four, yeah, yep. that one, it's a good one. Um, and like, I recognized that while happiness is fleeting, um, joy is a mindset, and um, all I had to do was just claim it um, in the name of Jesus Christ and renounce. Um, all the miserable junk and um, I wouldn't call it despair but um, just that sadness per se Um, but yeah just recognize that my spiritual house is being built on shifting sand and um, that um, yeah it just wasn't built on solid rock which is found in Jesus Christ and not the Jesus Christ of hippy dippy world but the Jesus dippy, dippy world. of Do you have a reality. scripture quote
1: for that? <laughs> yes. It's, a,
2: it's my favorite one found in the fourth the chapter of Matthew.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so it's just beautiful and a great reminder to us in those Tabor moments that sometimes it's not even just coming down from the mm-hmm. mountain. It's being thrown off if you will and not knowing where the heck you are but that's when the lord desires to bring you to the deepest part of his heart
0: very blessed to have you all with us tonight ignite radio live tuesday nights 8 p.m again encore on saturdays 2 p.m and just want to remind you again brothers and sisters we just want to seek the heart of god He made us for himself. He fashioned us for himself. And uh, we want to be all in in our marriages and our families. We're not there, and we want to do it together. The whole meaning of holy community corresponding to holy communion. Lord Jesus, flood us with your grace and presence. Help us to live it out fully. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. God bless you.